You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. Hey, hey, this is your host, Trevor Windsor. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'm here with my co-host, as always, Nick Stumbo. I'm so excited, <laughs> and I just can't hide it. And I'm about to lose control. I... So for you listeners out there who didn't know, I walked into your office probably 10 minutes ago <laughs> and you were playing yes. that song and I thought, hey, that's really cool. He's going to just play that for no, the no. intro. No. I was I was wrong. <laughs> Some of my intros I have to research because I could not have told you who sang that song or when. It's the Pointer Sisters. You oh, remember them. I've heard of them. From the 1970s, yes. I believe. yes. 70s music is so wonderful. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) As you guys can see behind uh, Nick Stumbo, it is someone's birthday today. Today is episode 100 of the Pure Desire podcast. 100. (laughs) It's awesome. Uh, Actually, it is my birthday today on our recording, but I can think of no better way than to spend it doing episode 100 of our podcast. Well, that's good. We're we're glad to hear that. We're super excited. Incidentally, I am glad it was you that walked by my office when I was playing. (laughs) 1970s pointer sister music because other people probably would have been a little confused absolutely uh by my work habits in those exact moments totally makes total sense so uh today obviously 100 episodes is a milestone um definitely for us we're really excited we have been looking forward to this episode for a while um definitely and it's something that it just just briefly, I mean, let's talk about it. The podcast has been, uh, I think, a surprise in how impactful it's been. I know you and I talk to a lot of people when we travel the country, and I think a lot of people um, talk about the impact it's made in their life. And I know for me, I continue to be just surprised because, as you can see, we're just sitting at my desk and we're recording into a uh, computer. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's this magical thing. Well, I, I know we're still just in an office, but I, it is good to think about where we've come from. Oh, you know, those sure. early episodes sure. we were recording at a, a church, basically like in a glorified coat closet. There were literally choir uniforms <laughs> in the room with us. That's right. And, uh, and baptism we t-shirts. <laughs> trying to make it work. And we had to worry if someone good. was going to be walking by outside the room, right. making noise. And so this is actually an improvement, but uh, yeah, I think about the impact. Um, some of it to me is the way that when you're on staff at Pure Desire, when this gets to become your world and your passion and you're involved in this a lot, there are conversations we just routinely have where we'll find ourselves saying, if, if everybody understood this, if people knew this, if they, if they saw this angle, if they were able to grasp these concepts, how helpful that would be. And mm-hmm. I, I think over these 100 episodes, that's what we've tried to do is just yeah. put in a conversational way, a lot of the things that have just become part of the fabric of, of what we do and what groups do and what's happening in churches all over the country. But in a lot of ways, it is still different. It's revolutionary. It's new. It's not the way we were trained totally. as we grew up in the church to think about sex or pornography or our bodies or relationships. I mean, it's built on that yep. solid foundation of scripture and, and an understanding of who God made us to be. But but there's just a, a depth of the wisdom and experience that God's blessed Pure Desire with, you know, starting with Ted and Diane. And, totally. Uh, so I, that's what I like about it. It just feels like it takes a lot of these team conversations we've had yeah. on trips or yep. at Pure Desire conferences, and it now makes them available for anyone to hear and, and yeah. benefit from. Yeah. And if you have listened to all 100, you are a saint. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> you get a, a prize. You get an extra jewel in your crown, probably. 
Um, but we uh, today obviously want to talk about really our ministry. We want to talk about and reflect a little bit on the 100 episodes we've had thus far. Very um, good. And then at the end, we're going to wrap up talking about the future, really, of what we're doing mm-hmm. uh, here at, at PD. Yeah, so. that's exciting. You got the first question, Nick. You should ask it. We actually have questions. We do. Well, I thought we were just riffing more. for like well, 30 minutes. We can. It's there are three <sighs> topics. Okay, so it's it's been a hundred episodes, yes. one hundred, and so yes. we wanted to look back, kind of like a lot of sitcoms do, and they'll do a best of, yeah, and think about what were our favorite episodes and right. why. So, right. Trevor, you want to kick us off? Sure. So, um, I have I've written down my five top episodes and. Uh, the ones that I think match up between you and me, we'll make sure we drop them into uh, the actual podcast episode and you guys can listen to little clips of those. But for me, one that like pretty early on, it was episode 15. We did it with Brian Roberts and we did it on personal promises. And I just remember talking about um, really just the impact that scripture has made and experience when those two meet. And I, that's why it's one of my favorite tools that we use is is just because it's so powerful in the way that it applies scripture to my life. And I just remember, I think that was the first time I told the story about, um, and it's funny too now thinking about it because I've told the story in group many times since then. But uh, I had this moment where I made this, probably one of the greatest baseball catches I've ever made in my life and realized that I was wounded in that moment because of the response of people around me. And so I just think back to that as a powerful moment, even in my story and my recovery, but it was just an awesome time sitting down together. Yeah, yeah. Brian Um, Roberts. Yeah. That guy. We miss you, man. Um, A couple other ones for me, singleness and addiction. We did a couple uh, episodes with Ben Bennett and Jake Kizik. Mm -hmm. Those guys are amazing. They work with Josh McDowell ministry. Uh, Shout out to JMM. We love you guys. Um, But that was just a good time because they're hilarious and a lot of fun. Like I said, we'll drop in some, some clips from those guys because they're great. Uh, we did one called Mistakes Churches Make. They were make. talkative too. Oh my gosh. I recall we didn't right. plan that to be two episodes. <laughs> yes. It's like we're, yes. we're only on question four and we're hitting 30 minutes. Yeah. It's like, I think this is going to be a yeah, two part. This is a part two. But it was it was great content. So I'm glad it was yeah, two Yeah, they two did parts. great. Uh, Mistakes Churches Make. We did that with Bob. I think we did that one on the road actually. Uh, with Bob. And that one was good because I think that our heart so often is to help the church. And sometimes it comes off as pointing a finger or a jab at them, but it's not. It really is a desire for the church to reach people well in this season of life, in this part of recovery and uh, group guidelines. The only reason I love that one, I mean, it's a great episode, but I love that one because that's when Ashley finally used the phrase guardians of the guidelines and obviously any Marvel fan knows that's kind of a cool little little jab. So Ashley's great at those. And then probably the most impactful episode for me was episode 87. We sat down with Dr. Ted and uh, uh, really unknowingly he walked us through experiencing the sword drill. Yeah, um, we, we thought he was going to talk about it. <laughs> we didn't know he was going to make us Man, do it. I was so nervous, so nervous. Uh, and But it just was a really cool moment. I felt like scripture expanded for me in that moment. And I felt like it was a real, raw, totally non-produced type of episode that was yeah. super cool. So those are my top five. What do you yeah. got? Uh, you know, I didn't think to write down the episode numbers, so you might have to go back through and no problem. Uh, put those in the show notes for our, our listeners. Uh, I, I think, again, of one with Ted, and if I remember right, we were sitting at your parents' house actually after recording something else, yeah. and we talked with Dr. Ted about the father wound, and yeah. I loved that just because yep. it's so core to what he's taught for many years. Yep. I think it's it combines uh, an area that the church does know where we struggle with things, 
uh, but combines it to our struggle with sexuality and pornography. And the other thing about that, just as you mentioned, sometimes Ted can make you nervous. He's so deep. He's so experienced. <laughs> but there was a, a fluidity that where Ted was just willing to joke with us and banter. And yeah. he, you forget how quick he is on his feet. Oh and I uh, just yes. remember really enjoying that episode with him. And yeah. You know, I, I know the reality is we won't have Ted forever. I mean, we yeah. all hope and pray he's got another 20 years of great ministry with us. Yeah. But I think that's one of those episodes that I'll always hold on to as some great ministry with Ted. Yeah, that's good. Uh, another one that comes to mind we did with um, Rodney Wright. Uh, it was called Pastors and Pornography. And that was one we recorded at like 11 o'clock at night in Dutch, Pennsylvania. And we, we were, were in Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Uh, Close to okay, it. I don't think yeah, the hotel was actually we, an intercourse, okay, but yes. But we, we were... <laughs> we did drive there the next day. Uh, yeah, you got me off course now. That's okay. It was a great episode. <laughs> it was like we had been traveling all day, Yeah, right? it was. We were, we were like, we're awake. Let's do it now. Otherwise, we're going to have to get up and we're going to be jet lagged and tired and grumpy. Oh my let's, gosh. Let's record it. And I think it was just great to deal honestly with that topic. Um, another one, and this is kind of cheating because it's like eight episodes, but I've loved okay. doing the frequently asked questions. Yeah. Uh, the opportunity it gives for listeners to send in questions that are on their hearts and minds and the variety of topics, because I, I think no matter how many podcasts we do, there will be topics that, oh, we hadn't thought of that. But, yeah, but sure. when it comes to our sexuality and our struggles, the kind of questions that come up are varied. And I think what I love about those episodes is most people simply don't have a safe, yeah. reliable place to ask their hard questions yeah. because they feel like if I bring it up with my spouse, be like, why do you want to know that? Totally. Or if I ask my pastor, they're going to give me a blank stare. If if I ask a counselor, well, most people don't go to a counselor. So I yeah. I just love the freedom that people have had to ask those questions. And so those are some of my favorites. Um, and then I think of the, the two episodes with some guests when we had Jay Stringer, yep. the author of Unwanted, yep. and then Ron DeHaas, the uh, founder of Covenant Eyes. Yeah. Those yeah, are just one. hearing their story. And both of them were willing to be so vulnerable about mm -hmm. their own story and yeah. how God used that to take them into the roles and the ministries they have now. And yeah. so those were great. And then uh, the last one was just um, having Robert and Rebecca Vandermeer mm -hmm. in studio with us. In studio, that's 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 what we call your <laughs> office. Uh, that's, yeah, code word. And we've had a few episodes with couples, but I, I really appreciated the way they shared from their own story, mm -hmm. from their counseling experiences, just on what does sex during recovery look like? Yeah. And again, that's one of those topics that, I think everyone deals with if they're walking through recovery from pornography or sexual addiction, yeah. but not a lot of people talk about, it's like, well, it's just go figure it out and it's supposed to work. But, right. but their honesty to talk about the struggles and the pitfalls and, and hopefully giving couples a, a context for conversation, yeah. because that's what I think is so crucial is not that you just follow four points and now you know what sex during recovery should look like. Right but that you understand what kind of conversations do we have so that as a couple, because every relationship is different and every couple is different, yeah. how as a couple can we figure this out? So totally. that was, again, one of my favorite and just yeah. watching them interact was a lot of fun. It is crazy how much we've talked about. I mean, we've sat in, in this room and many rooms recording a uh, hundred episodes is a lot. And there are, they're not short episodes. Yeah. They're not when like 10 minute clips. It, they're all at least 30 minutes yeah. times a hundred. So that's yeah. 3000 minutes. Wow. That's that's 50 hours. So according to Malcolm Gladwell, uh, we have about, we're almost, we're like a third of the way through to being experts on that, the 10,000 hours thing. Oh. So a uh, little just, little just tip right there, a little idea. There. We're getting there. So one of the things that we didn't plan on for the podcast being a popular thing 
are your introductions. I'm pretty sure episode one and two, we sat down. I remember we were in that weird closet at East Hill Foursquare, East Hill Church Family. And uh, and the, the second episode, I think you said something beforehand, like, oh, it'd be cool to have a different intro every single time. I don't want it to be the same. And at first we're just like, okay, cool. Sounds great. And then over time you realized that actually could be quite challenging. <laughs> Yeah, I think originally I thought it was just going to be different versions of like, hi, hello, how are you? What's happening? But you get to about 14 or 15 of those and you're like, I've used them all. (laughs) I'm done. And and that's where we started to put out the appeal for listeners to send in ideas. And we've gotten a number of those. And yeah, it, it definitely is a surprise because that is when people mention the podcast to me, that's the number one thing they'll say is, I love your intros. I can't wait to hear what the next one is. And and some of them are dumb and some are corny and some are funny. And I'm sure people would even disagree about which ones yes. are dumb and which ones are funny, but <laughs> maybe that's why people like it. Cause it's unexpected and totally, and I'm not afraid to just throw in whatever comes to mind or sometimes yeah. they've been thought through and other times, yeah. as you know, Trevor, we're sitting down. I'm like, Oh shoot. I don't have an intro. Yeah. And now there's this pressure cause I've done a hundred. Right. Which, right. What have I done? Yep. And so actually if, if people watch this film, they see I have a list in front of me. <laughs> We, we've written them down every episode so that I can <laughs> track them well we've done. Oh my gosh. So I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but people tell me that their favorite part of the episodes are how I respond to your introductions. Uh, it's I, good banter. For I sure. mean, we enjoy it. So what we're going to do right now is I'm going to give you a list of, I have six of them. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven. I'm very curious some, about this. List. Yes. And we're going to play them. Uh, right now in the video, we're going to play them in the in the recording. We'll make sure that they're in here. But I just want to play these because here are my top seven. The first one comes from uh, episode 24, and this was Church Hurdles. So let's listen to this real quick. It's a Christmas miracle. I just want to apologize for all of our listeners out there. <laughs> this will intros. come out before Christmas, right? <laughs> That's right. It okay, will. that'll make yeah. more sense that way. <laughs> all right. So... Uh, Two things stick out to me. One, that to me is the Jimmy Stewart voice, uh, which I think is great. And I'm a big fan of that. Um, but then also how quickly I was unfazed. I just went right into, I'm so sorry. Like I can't, it just was a great, it, it, for me it was fun. Like whenever we get to laugh and do that, it's a good time. It, it grieves me a little how often you, and particularly Ashley, like feel the need to apologize or say I'm so we embarrassed love you, for our listeners. Like, Come on, you guys. It's supposed to be funny. Like, cut me some slack here. Don't, why are you always apologizing for me? Yes. Yes. So that's, that's not number one, but that's up there. And then the next one uh, is from episode 38. So let's check this one out. Happy Friday. And wait, is it Friday yet? Technically right now it's not Friday. It's Friday somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, maybe Pure Desire's version of it's five o'clock somewhere. It's Friday somewhere. somewhere. Uh, Just... It was creative, uh, and I tend to think it's just going to be one and done, and sometimes I jump in, and then you continue, and so this was fairly early on where I learned, okay, there's sometimes, sometimes I need to leave space. More. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so that's the second one. Third one is uh, probably one of my favorites. Let's play ball. Anybody who knows me knows that baseball is my sport. I played it for a long time, had a great career. I don't know if great's the right word, but had a decent career in baseball. And uh, anytime that we talk baseball or anytime we talk, uh, I mean, for you, it's the Minnesota Twins, which we were just having a conversation. They're not doing yeah. too bad so far, but so let's not far. let's not get into so it far. so far. 
but I just love that baseball is a part of it. So, yeah, and I think that is one of the couple of greetings that I inadvertently repeated before we realized that I was going to need to have a list or I was going to keep repeating them. So play ball, <laughs> I think came up twice. So did Dobra Doshley. Uh, there's a couple that were like, oh, I've used that one. Yep. So. Yep. Okay. So I love that one just because of the theme that we're at. The next one uh, might be one of my favorites. This one comes. So Let's Play Ball came from episode 41. This one comes from episode 52. And we are here to pump you up. <laughs> that, uh, that I'm going to be honest with you. That's the best one I've heard to this point. It only took 52 episodes. That's, 52. that's great. So uh, just so everyone knows, who, who are you quoting in that moment? Do you know? Well, that's uh, Hans and Franz yes. from classic Saturday <laughs> yes. Night Live episodes. So I said it in the episode. It was one of my favorites and still is one of my favorites. I thought yeah. it was great. The, not even just the intro, but the accent. I felt like you did it pretty well. Some accents I feel like I nail. And then maybe you're getting to one, but I, I know a couple of them it's like, that accent sounded a lot better in my head mm -hmm. on recording. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we're just going to keep going. Lucky you. I don't have any other ones that are my favorites that okay. are. But here's another one from episode 63. Dilly Dilly. Ah, that's a good. It's football season, right? That's usually where you see those commercials come. That's that's true. But in fairness, that was another recommendation from one of our avid ah. listeners who said, hey, what about Dilly Dilly? And I was like, hey, I haven't used it yet and I'm out of ideas, so why not? Okay, so two reasons why I like this one. The first one is it's a great intro. Dilly Dilly, great commercials uh, with those. Uh, and it was football season, which just fit in perfect. But one of my like favorite things is how people take ownership of your intros mm -hmm. and send in requests. And I love that this one was a request. Yeah, yeah. I think three, four years from now, we're going to look back and say, Dilly Dilly, what the <laughs> heck is dilly dilly <laughs> dilly dilly's great but it worked in the moment totally sure. worked totally worked so that's a top one uh this one we were just talking about this one actually a couple days ago uh and this is when we sat down with dr ted and this is episode 87 so uh let us listen to this one vote for pedro pedro who that is a quote from one Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yes. oh gosh. A forgettable movie, in my opinion, but I know a, a lot of people loved movie? it. A forgettable movie? Okay, here's... It had a couple of funny parts, but... Here's... here's This is my... I know we're going to get a little off topic, but we always do. So this is one of the things with that movie. If you go and see it, especially by yourself, and you just go see the movie, it's trash. Like, it's not a great movie. It's like, but, who thought of this? Right, but... I found out that if you sit around a table and you talk about how terrible it is. With a bunch the of drunks? Movie, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of drunks has to be, no, right? <laughs> no drunks on my end. Just with my family, which, I mean, I guess they're not drunks. So we sit around a table and we talk about it. Then all it's of a sudden very the movie quotable. Is, yes. Yes. So yes. Quotable. Okay. Okay. So uh, I like that one because Ted is obviously confused, has no idea what Vote for Pedro is, and obviously love when we can get him to laugh and have a good time. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, you know, we've had a lot of different guests on and most of them just sit politely and are amused as you and I banter and jump through the intro. But but Ted, you know, he can't just sit there quietly. Like he feels the need to <laughs> jump in and be a part of it, even though he didn't understand it. And so, I, yeah, I love yes. this. Almost inadvertently, he became part of our banter that yeah, day. So good. And we, we love it when our guests do that, when yeah. they actually join in. For sure. So that's all I have right now. There are obviously other good ones out there. Uh, if we had 
more time. I wanted to spend more time. Maybe maybe one episode someday will just be every single intro <laughs> from 150 intros. episodes. But uh, no, one of the things um, that I just love about it is, um, and this is I think this is why people enjoy intros and enjoy the banter that goes back and forth, is because we're not like robots. We're not this high production type of thing. We really just are normal people who enjoy doing this and want to help people. And I think yeah. that that comes through and that's why people when we go to events and we meet new people and we travel people like feel like they know who we are because they've spent a significant amount of time with us on the podcast well and i think there's something about when you talk about pornography you talk about <laughs> sexual addiction right. that maybe all of us go back to being a 11 or 12 year old boy or girl and having a mom <laughs> or dad do the sex talk and and like everyone kind of freezes up it gets awkward um, or if, if you start to talk about it at church, I was like, are there any kids in the room? Right. And, and it gets real tense and quiet yeah. and, and people are afraid if I cough, people are going to think I, I'm admitting something. And there just is so much tension and awkwardness and fear and um, a sense of silence around this topic that mm -hmm. maybe that's what our intros are a part of is helping people take a deep breath. Um, realize it's okay to normalize the conversation without normalizing the behavior. Totally. And that, that if we can learn to be real about who we are and what we battle as mm -hmm. human beings, that in that community of authenticity that is built, change can happen. And so if, if in any way our banter or the comments we make to just keep this light at times helps people take a deep breath and just say, this is part of life, then, then to me that makes it all worth it. Absolutely. It is. It's great. Well, uh, I'll just jump into this this third topic. We, uh, as a ministry, so we've been around since, correct me if I'm wrong, it's 2007 is when, 2007, 2008 is when the ministry was founded as a nonprofit. Uh, Dr. Ted and Diane Roberts started Pure Desire really in their church and then it kind of morphed into a nonprofit. Um, a lot of stuff obviously changes. You know, yeah. we've, we've been over a decade now and, and even moving forward and not just as far as the podcast is concerned, but also moving forward as a ministry. We just want to spend some time talking about where we're going. Uh, so what, what would you like people to know about that's kind of coming in the future for Pure Desire? Yeah. Yeah. I like that you mentioned a little of the history. I think it was the end of 2008 that Pure Desire officially became a 501c3 nonprofit separate from the church. And right. You know, I look back on that and I still kind of marvel at the decision that Dr. Ted made because at the time he was leading a, a church that was averaging about 5,000 people every weekend um, and he was at the helm and it was growing. I mean, it was the happening place in the East County here outside of Portland. And you just look at our culture and say, who would step out of that to start a nonprofit about sexual addiction yeah. in a day and age when almost no one financially wants to support a nonprofit about sexual addiction because right. it's much easier to say I support orphans or families <laughs> or you know uh, missionaries, but yeah. uh, sex addicts. Uh, so to believe that they could build this as an independent ministry, I I just still marvel at the faith and and Ted's courage to say God's God's told me this is what we should do and we're going to do it because he could have just stayed happy and comfortable at East Hill and run it out of there for many, many years. Yep. Uh, but but we're here in in a real way. You and I are here employed at Pure Desire because yeah. of that faith decision. And mm -hmm. so um, I mentioned that too, because we want to recognize that where we go is built on where we started, yeah, on what absolutely. we began here, that 
that it's not like, oh, okay, this was the foundation. Now we're going to jump off and go do something new that we see everything we're doing as building on that foundation of combining the deep biblical truths of who God says we are and what God designed sex to be along with, you know, what brain science and clinical research can show us how that, that dovetails and builds on scripture. It's not two separate things. It's yeah. saying, let's, right. let's see how does science reveal God's design and the truth of God's creation and how sin has warped us. And so we're, we're building on that. And I think several of the things that we're looking to that's really exciting, and a lot of this would just fall under the heading of simply how do we take the message of hope and healing to more people? Because one of the things we've recognized Pure Desire has been really excellent at is once someone acknowledges I have a big problem or I think I'm a sex addict, then Pure Desire becomes a natural place to reach out to. But the challenge is probably 99% of the population that does have unwanted sexual behavior isn't at that point yet. And they won't get to that point until there's a major crisis in their right. life. And so we've just been saying more and more, how do we help take the message of hope and healing to a person at a time before it's had to derail their life, yeah. before they've had to see it wreck a marriage or a career or a relationship? And so it's getting the, the tools and, and not changing them, you know, not using new tools, but saying, how do we take them and, and put them on a level more people can understand? For and sure. from there, we'll lead them, if needed, yeah. we'll lead them into deeper healing, lead right. them into a recognition that yeah. I have an addiction. Yeah. Uh, so some of the things we're working on uh, right now, we're averaging 2,500 online searches for groups. And we have about 700 churches on our website that run groups. Well, if, if there's yeah. 2,500 a month, that means the vast majority of people are looking for groups and not finding anything. And and we don't have a great mechanism then to, to track with them and say, hey, how can we help you? It, it's kind of on them to respond to a prompt yeah. that says, hey, email us. But my guess is a lot of people just keep looking somewhere else or maybe think, oh, there's nothing for me. Right. And so we're in the process of developing a, a pretty extensive online groups network um, be, because of how it will be developed, because of how it will be run by really high quality leaders that are vetted, trained, experienced, have led groups before, you know, we'll, we'll be paying them for that role. And that means the groups will have to cost money. Um, and, and for someone looking for healing, unfortunately, usually we're trying to do it cheaper and yeah. <laughs> or for free. Absolutely. Uh, so those groups will carry a cost, but I think what the cost will do will assure that it's a really powerful group experience. Yeah. And then in terms of pure desire, I think it'll enable us to, to have many, many openings that someone who's looking for a group in Topeka, Kansas, and there's not a church within 100 miles of Topeka, Kansas totally. with groups. Yep. Now they can engage in a group every week, and then our hope and belief will be as they get free, yeah. they will be the person going to yep. their pastor yep. and saying, listen to what God's done in my life, and would you allow me or even help me start mm -hmm. the same group in our church because our men need this, yeah. our women need this. So yeah. that's really a big area of priority right now is developing that online group system yeah. and expanding it. Um, the second area that we're really excited about, and it's, it's actually more your area, so you may want to jump in on this, but uh, we've done the Pure Desire Conference now all over the country and actually in a few foreign countries. Um, and this two-day event is powerful. I mean, routinely, the kind of feedback we get is so positive, both what people write on the evaluations and just the verbal comments we hear. But one of the things we hear all the time is people who say, I wish my whole church would have come. Yeah, I, my, All of my pastors need to hear this. My, my spouse should have come. My friends should have come. My small group. Because I, I think there's such a, whether it's a stigma or a fear or even just the cost of the weekend, there's so many reasons people think about a Friday, Saturday event having anything to do with sexual integrity. And it's like, uh, we got kids soccer. So, you know, yep. 
a lot of people don't come and, and we say, well, how can they experience this? Yeah. And so we're taking that content from our Pure Desire conference and turning it into a video training tool for the church to use, about yeah. an eight-week small group study uh, that we think will be so effective in just introducing people to why um, is sexual integrity so challenging for people right now and and how is it actually possible? So, you know, in some ways we want to set up the problem, but the majority of this video training will be the solution, the answer. How, how do we help people find and experience freedom, whether that's for themselves yeah. or someone in their life they care about, their right. spouse, their kids, their right. grandkids, a friend. Um, and so we, again, just hope that it will take the message of hope and healing to so many more people that maybe never will come to an event in person, yeah. but they could watch this video series and get a new understanding of what's going on in their sexuality. Yeah, and I mean, you, you talk about the culture of the church. I think that if you do a, a sermon series over six weeks, sometimes people complain that it's too long. And so you have that idea too where... Uh, we want to put something that is like accessible and affordable, but is also palatable. Like you can actually um, not get, because I think if if there's only one downside to what we do with the conference, it really is that it's so much information and really a matter of like 24 hours, mm-hmm. um, which again, doesn't mean that you uh, don't walk away with very tangible stuff, but man, it's like weeks and weeks of processing that information. So this, what it's going to do is really create it into bite-sized pieces that people can access and really like learn as they go mm-hmm. rather than all kind of at once. It's that fire hose kind of, you know, analogy. So I'm super pumped about that. Um, I mean, that's probably the thing I'm most excited about really is just because this is going to make uh, really hope, healing, and freedom possible for more people because it's more attainable, accessible, and affordable for people. So. Yeah. Well, and the other thing we see that video series doing is helping us continue to build on Ted and Diane's legacy. Absolutely. You know, so many people know them because of the books they've written, because yep. Ted was the featured speaker on the Conquer series. And, you know, as they're in their 70s and looking to move more into kind of a, re- a retirement phase and, and be less active. Yep. There's that challenge of, oh, well, if we can't get Ted and Diane, who can we use? That we want people to see that that our team um, has been vetted by them, trained by them, and mm-hmm. is continuing their message and are, are just as qualified to come and present or preach at weekend right. services yep. or talk to their parents. Um, because that's the transition we're in that we want people to know Ted's done a wonderful job. In fact, right. I'd again, just, you know, would give that shout out to him because I think we're seeing a generation, you know, men and and a few women, but mostly male leaders that are in their 60s and above that have developed really big ministries that are now grappling with how does this outlive me? And and quite frankly, most of them are not doing it well because they have ministries that are centered on them. And without them, people are like, well, why do we need you? And so I, I really appreciate Ted's heart four or five years ago to say, this has to be bigger than me. It has to outlive me the way he's poured into so many of us. And and so we just hope as people watch the team, as they watch the video series, they realize, wow, there's there's a team of people. There's a ministry that we can trust. And whether Ted and Diane are a part of you know the team traveling and speaking or not, that people have high, high confidence that, that we can be trusted. And I, I hope that doesn't come across as self-promotion, but just to say we, no, we yeah. want to help and we'll never be Ted, we'll never be Diane. Uh, but we'll use our gifts and the way God made us totally. to keep that message moving forward. Well, and I think the principle still applies too that, you know, if you're a listener and you're not on staff with Pure Desire, you're also a part of moving that message and that legacy forward, that it's not ours. We don't own it or are like hoarding it, so to speak. Like, 
the reason why we do this podcast is we're giving it away. Like this is not a charged thing. Like this is something that you as the listener can take and you run with it. You get healthy. You change people's lives by bringing this into your church, into your community. And so uh, I think the principle is is right on that we're just moving this forward because I know that I want my kid and I know you want your kids to be healthy and to be part of uh, changing the culture around this topic in the church and making the church a healthy place. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. And that, that leads into the third you know, kind of future development area that I'm really excited about, and that's developing more parent resources. Yeah, uh, I think it's for us at Pure Desire kind of acknowledging that's where so many people start right now. They come to us saying, what about my kids? And their fears and concerns are for their kids. And if we kind of turn the question and say, well, what about you? How are you doing? It's like, oh, well, yeah. well what about my kids? <laughs> it's like, well, hey, if, if that's where people are at, let's meet them there. Yep. And let's give Absolutely. them the tools and resources they need. And so, um, you know, this might be the first time we've mentioned this, but one of our speaking team members, Rodney Wright, he and his wife have put together a book. And we'll figure out the title, but it's something like How to Talk to Your Kids About Sex. And it's 10 powerful principles that helps parents understand not just how to have the talk, but really how to create an environment in their home where their kids feel comfortable coming to them and they're able to go to their kids and talk about sex. And, and so I'm super excited about that book and also just having more speaking opportunities where we do right. parenting conferences. Yep. And yep. we've talked about putting together parenting events for churches. And I, yeah. I think that's just the felt need people have. And so if we could get 100 parents in a room and, and train them up, the outcome will be some of those parents will realize I'm going to have no success at home unless I deal with my stuff. Yep. So again, it's it's taking our material and putting it at a, a more introductory level yeah. that appeals to more people. Right. But then in that, as they get comfortable with the concepts and the ideas, they may be able to turn the mirror on themselves and say, what about my life? Yeah. Because I think there's some things I've never addressed. Yeah. And because of the hope I see through pure desire, now I'm willing to lean into that. Yeah, and we want to do anything we can really to reach those people. And I think that that, as a ministry, something I've seen, um, I don't know if there's been a major shift, but a more recent emphasis on uh, not being irritated that we're not getting into more churches and getting more people, but trying to find better ways to reach those people and reach those churches. So uh, again, uh, listener, you are a part of this. If you are taking this stuff in and you are using it, and whether you're in group, whether you're leading group, whether you're just pursuing health, regardless, this is definitely something that uh, the baton has been handed off to you. Take it, run with it. And listen, we're also super thankful that you listen every week. Like a hundred, if you've listened to a hundred episodes, good on you. Like, yeah. I don't know if I've listened to a hundred episodes of any podcast. So thank you. Um, and just know that your feedback has been instrumental really in what we do. Yeah. We take much. that feedback and we, uh, we work so hard to offer the insight, the help, the best practices that best help all of us continue in recovery to find it, to develop it, and to maintain it through the rest of our lives. So we're thankful for the last 100 episodes. And uh, dude, it's been a great journey so far. I've enjoyed Here's doing to the next 100. That's right. That's right. See where they take us. All righty. Thanks, Nick. And happy birthday to you, Trevor. Hey, thanks. Thank you for listening to the Peer Desire Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to keep up with the podcast, please subscribe, download, and share. You can also rate and review our podcast. The more reviews we get, the easier it is for others to find the podcast. If you'd like to support the message of hope and healing in developing sexual integrity, go to puredesire.org slash give. And for more information about the ministry, check out our website, puredesire.org. And you can also follow us on social media, at puredesirepdmi. Once again, that's at puredesirepdmi. We'll see you next time.